Amen. Isn't that a great song? The great I am still is. You know, it's a blessing to see young people born and grow up in church and uh, get to be their pastor all the way through life. And, of course, Miss Becca is getting married in just two weeks, marrying a preacher up in the New Jersey area, Brother Joe Garcia. And uh, I'm excited for them, and I'm thankful for young people that serve God. Um, For all that's wrong in America, there's some mighty good things to be thankful for. And uh, there's some young people that serve the Lord. Open your Bibles again to Matthew chapter 4. I do not want to leave the truth that I preached this morning just yet. Some of it I will repeat tonight. And I will give yet another set of applications and illustrations from the message. I want to preach tonight on this subject, let Jesus be your friend. I want to ask that every young person look at me and listen to me. I want to ask that you pay attention. It is 6.35. I'm going to preach to about five or six minutes after seven. I sort of say after eight, but that's right, after seven. And uh, so just, just, a, just a few minutes after seven. And I want to ask you, if you would, please, to give me your attention and give me your reasoning uh, for these next 30 or 31 minutes. Let Jesus be your friend. Heavenly Father, every truth in your word is very important. And yet there are some truths that are, that are landmarks. They are foundational truths. And I believe the truth tonight is one of those truths. I believe that we will get so many things wrong in life if we miss this truth, if we don't understand this truth. And I ask, Lord, that you give me clarity of mind. But, Lord, more than that, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit and help me as I preach this truth for your honor and your glory. This is so important, and I pray that you'd help us, that we would listen on purpose. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God created the world and everything in it. But not only do we believe in creation, the Bible says God created everything in the world for him. God made it for him. Colossians, the Bible says in chapter 1, verse number 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Philippians chapter 2, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do. Of his good pleasure. Not just to desire to do it. But to perform the will of doing the will of God. Are you with me tonight? God created everything for him. Satan was once the mighty cherub angel with great authority in heaven. However, Satan rebelled against God when he said that he would be God. And he was expelled from heaven. Not only was he cast to the earth, it was pronounced that he would be in hell for all eternity, and that's what hell was made for. If you go to hell, you'll be an intruder because 
hell was not made for men and women. Hell was made for the devil and his demons. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12, the word how does not mean a question, it is a declaration. And it says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, exclamation mark. It doesn't ask the question, what caused you to fall? It declares, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? Which didst weaken the nations, for thou hast said in thine heart, get these two words, please, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. The devil was cast from his place in heaven because he declared, rather than doing what you will, I will. And the Bible says in verse 15, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now Satan is at war with God and he is after one thing. He wants all of the praise and the glory that you and I are to give God. Satan wants that for himself. Satan desires the worship and praise of God's creation. Daniel 9.27 talks about the desolation of abomination. The Lord Jesus mentions and speaks of that in Matthew 24 and verse number 15 when he says, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now this act of abomination of desolation is when he sits on the throne and he declares to the world, I am God, worship me. Now Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica and he said these words. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Satan has been and still is working to steal the affection and love of God's creation for himself. The whole battle plan, the purpose of the war is for the glory that belongs to God to be stolen and given to Satan. But here's how he does it. He doesn't come to us and tempting us with sin that he created. He comes to us to befriend us. And every time he tells us to do what we want to do, and he appeals to our own wisdom, he appeals to our own flesh, to our own pride to do what we want to do rather than what God wants us to do. Don't miss the statement. Take your Bibles and go again, open your Bibles again to Matthew chapter 4. 
when Satan tempted Jesus, I want to point out Satan did not tempt Jesus to commit an obvious sin. He did not tell him to curse or turn his back on the Father. He didn't tell him that at all. He didn't tell him to deny the Father. He didn't tell him to commit a sin. What he did, he, he tempted him with something that was good or something that was acceptable and tempted him to do anything but the will of the Father. Now look right back this way. God sent his Son into the world with one will and one purpose. That purpose was, first of all, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, and he was to live his life a sinless life, thus fulfilling the law. You understand that not one time did Jesus sin. That was the purpose of his coming. He was tempted in all points like as we are tempted. Hebrews chapter 4, yet without sin. Do you hear me tonight? Jesus never committed one sin in his 33 years of life. Not one time did he sin. That was a part of his purpose in coming. Not only did he live a sinless life, he yielded himself to the death of the cross. They did not take his life. He gave his life for your sins and mine. Not only did he die on the cross, after those three days, he arose from the grave. So when Satan comes to Christ, he is at the end of his 40 days of fasting, by the way. The reason Jesus had spent these 40 special days in prayer and fasting was he was about to begin his earthly ministry. And so he was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. He fasted and prayed and the Bible says he was afterward and hungry. Are you listening to me? I might save your life tonight. I'm telling you, you want to hear what I'm telling you tonight. And so he says to him, if you'll notice in chapter 14, he says in verse number 3, And when the tempter, notice the word tempter, that's a description and a title. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now he's hungry. I'm talking about 40 days of hungry. We hardly know 40 minutes or 40 hours of hunger. 40 days he was hungry. And he told him, he said, if you're the son of God, show us and satisfy yourself by turning these stones into bread. Can I tell you, he didn't even need stones to make bread. He could have created bread and gave, give himself bread as he gave manna from heaven to the children of Israel journeying through the wilderness. Now I ask you, would it be a sin for Jesus to eat bread? Absolutely not. In fact, it sounds reasonable. It is acceptable that he eat bread 40 days of fasting are completed. But I want you to notice what the Lord Jesus says. And he answered and said, it is written. It is written. So the word of God is how he answered him. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He said, you have to understand something, Satan. I didn't come here to satisfy me. I came to do the will of the Father. And what you're tempting me to do is not to do something that would be considered a breaking of a law or a breaking of a, one of the 611 or some odd commandments of the Jews. He's not asking him to break one of them. He's asking him not to do the will of the Father. Jesus said, I, it's written. It is written. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Notice the next one. Then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now wait a minute. The devil is now quoting scripture to Jesus. He is trying to get him to do something and using the scripture to prove it not only is right, it's acceptable and it is a promise of God to protect you if you be the son of God. I want you to notice the answer. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You see, God will take care of me in doing the will of God and doing the work of God. But the will of God and work of God is never to magnify me. The will of God and work of God is always to magnify the Father. So he said, I can't do that. I know what the scripture says. I am the scripture. But the scripture says again, I'm not to tempt the Father. Notice again. Verse number 8. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. He gets to the heart of the matter. That's what Satan wants right there. He wants the worship that belongs to the Father. He wants Jesus to bow down and worship him. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. And hear those words again. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I want you to take your Bibles and go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Please stay with me tonight. John chapter 8 and go to verse number 28. John 8 and verse number 28. John 8, 28, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He. Notice these words, And that I do nothing of myself. That's the greatest temptation of man. Not necessarily sin, but just to do what I want to do. Jesus said, I don't do what I want to do. What a powerful conviction. What a question to ask ourselves rather than asking the question, is there anything wrong with this? But to ask the question, does this please the Father? Is anybody listening to me tonight? 
rather than saying, is there anything wrong with this? Because if we're going to go by that standard, Jesus could have turned the stone to bread. Uh, Jesus could have cast himself uh, from the pinnacle. Jesus could have done those things. Oh, but dear friend, he said, I don't please myself. Now he goes further in this verse. Look at it. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Notice these words. For I do always those things that please him. Make a note of it. That's my goal in life. My goal in life is certainly not to please the devil. Oh, but if I'm not careful, I will please the devil by pleasing myself. Because the will of God for my life is not to please myself, but to do the will of the Father. I don't think the devil cares that folks live in gross sin. He may not tempt you to drink alcohol or live in immorality or something of that nature. Satan simply does not want us to do the will of God. Don't miss it. Because it's the will of God that glorifies God. It is the will of God that praises God. It is the will of God that magnifies God. When I do what God wants me to do, I'm praising him. So the devil wants me to do anything but praise him because that's what the devil wants. Satan wants the glory that belongs to God. Now I want you to listen to this statement. Most everyone in the Bible that ended up in sin did not start out in sin and never intended to. They started out to do what they pleased to do and what they pleased to do took them to the place of sin. The prodigal son started off just getting what belonged to him. But that inheritance led him to the far country and led him into living a riotous life. Is it wrong for a son, for a daughter to receive an inheritance? No, but that wasn't the will of the father. But against the will of the father, he said, I want what's mine. He wasn't stealing. He didn't say, I want to take, Dad, what's yours. I want to take what belongs to my brother. He didn't say that at all. You see, but he did what he wanted to do. He didn't plan to go out in sin, but doing his own thing took him to the place of sin. Was it wrong for Samson to want a wife to marry, a gal to be his wife? No, it wasn't wrong. But it wasn't the will of the father in what he did. But Samson said this, she pleaseth me. Samson didn't set out to sin, he set out to get a wife. But rather than doing the will of the Father, Samson did what he wanted to do and what he wanted. Oh, I beg you, teenager, listen to me tonight. It's not just doing, it's not just going into sin that's the dangerous thing. The dangerous thing is doing what I want to do rather than doing the will of God. Listen to me, college student. Listen to me, mom and dad. It's not going into sin that ought to scare me. It's me doing my own thing ought to scare me because doing my own thing leads me to sin. It led Samson to his death. Israel did not wander in sin. God was so blessing them that they decided if we're getting this much blessing in six days... 
We'll go ahead and work the Sabbath day and we'll gain even more wealth. And they forsook the Sabbath day and that led them to the worship of the other gods because the other god says it's okay to work, provide for your family. The other gods told them what they wanted to hear. That's what led them to sin and that's what led them to punishment. I beg us tonight, let's not ask the question, is there anything wrong with this? Let's ask the question, is this the will of the Father? Because Satan's not going to come to me with the temptation of sin. He's going to come to me with the temptation of, you're a good man. You're a smart man. You know how to reason. You don't want to go in sin. Do it your way. Do it the way you feel. And that's how Satan so-called befriends me. Oh, how we need a generation of Christians today that say, it is written, it is written, it is written. I want to do what God said to do. I want to do what God's will is rather than my will. James chapter 1, I read this verse for you tonight. James chapter 1, the Bible says in verse number 15, then when lust hath conceived, what is lust? Doing what I want. What is lust? Satisfying my flesh. What is lust? Satisfying my eyes. But when lust hath conceived, it brings forth what? Sin. It doesn't say that the lust is sin. It says the conception of lust is sin. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, Every time when sin is finished, it brings one thing, death, death. Me doing the will of God for my life is what brings praise and glory to God. Me not doing the will of God for my life takes away the glory and praise that belongs to him. There is a war going on between Satan and God. Satan wants one thing. He wants the praise of man. He wants the worship of man. And one day he will sit on the throne and he will declare himself as a God. And he will declare himself as the one to be worshipped and the one to be praised. And Satan, he offers not just one way. You know, that's a complaint about Christianity in the world today. It's too narrow-minded. Let me ask you the question. If you found the answer, isn't that good enough? Two plus two is still four. There's only one answer. But the, but the complaint of Christianity, oh, you just want to make everybody like you. Oh, no, I want to make everybody just like Christ. So here's what Satan does. He said, they don't, they don't need for being so narrow-minded. He said, let me give you a menu. So he gives us a menu of religions. He gives us a list of Protestants, Catholics, Episcopalian, Muslim, Jew, Baptist. And he said, find what fits you. I'm not supposed to go through life finding what fits me. I'm a fallen sinner. I don't need something that fits me. I need something that changes me and makes me like Christ and transforms me into the image of Christ. I'm not looking for a religion that satisfies me. I'm looking for the truth that makes me walk in the will of God. Satan has a menu of Bibles. He gives the NIV, the New King James, the RSV, the ASV, the Reader's Digest, the New Living Translation, the Amplified Bible, the Living Bible. And he says this, 
Whatever you like. Whatever you like. Satan doesn't come. Hey, Satan didn't start the Satan church. He, 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 he didn't found the Satan church. That was men that founded Satan's church. Why Satan wants you to do right. He wants you to do good little things. He just don't want you to do the will of God. He don't mind you carrying a Bible and toting a Bible and, 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 and memorizing a Bible. Oh, but make sure you don't get that narrow-minded one. You wouldn't want to believe that 2 plus 2 is 4. You want to be open-minded and realize that perhaps uh, we may discover that there are other answers to 2 plus 2. It may not be 4. Hey, dear friend, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You show me the man that gave his life to Christ, that didn't find joy in living, and didn't find the purpose of his life fulfilled. You show me the man that was disappointed because he gave his life to Christ. You can't find that man. Oh, but you find me the men, you find me the women, you find me the teenagers that looked at the menu of religions, that looked at the menu of Bibles, that looked at the menu of hobbies, and looked at the menu of friends, and looked at the menu of careers and said, I like this one, and I like this one. I don't like them telling me what to do. I like to choose myself. We are all like that. That's our flesh. But we have to understand that the work of Satan is to get us to do anything but the will of God. When he went to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he told them to do as they desired. You know how sin was defined? Have you ever thought of this? Adam and Eve disobeyed God. He told them to not eat of the tree of good and evil. And they took that fruit... The sin that caused man to fall. The sin that defined the fall of man was what? Disobedience to God. So if eating a piece of fruit was the sin that defined the fall of man, pray tell me what's the difference in that and you deciding, I don't want to do God's will. I want to do this and there's nothing wrong with this. If this is not in the will of God, dear friend, there's something terribly wrong. There's something dangerously wrong because it's not the will of God. It's not the plan of God. He didn't put me here to do what I wanted to do. He put me here to do what he wanted me to do. That is the will of God. The book of Judges, the Bible says... And every man that did that which was right in his own eyes. Why doesn't it say every man did that which was wrong in his own eyes? Nobody does wrong. Nobody does wrong. Go ask the gamblers and those that promoted the gambling, is it wrong? Oh, no, absolutely not. Now, it could be, so you be careful. And if you'll gamble $20, we'll give you a $200 credit. I wonder how long you could stay in business if that were the truth. That's not the truth. And yet how many will fight for the right, not to do right, but hey, let me choose. I got news for you, sir. God's already chosen. And man's not supposed to gamble for a living. He's supposed to work for a living. A state senator told me, he said, well, I prayed about it before I voted. And I felt like God gave me the peace to go ahead and vote to pass gambling. I said, you didn't talk to the God that saved me. You didn't talk to the God that wrote that Bible right there. Because God's not going to tell you, sir, something different than he put in the word of God. 
Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. What's the next line say? We have turned everyone to his own way. You see, it's not a matter of doing right or living in sin. It's a matter of doing right. Satan says, why? I don't promote all of that stuff. Why? I just want you to do what you feel like doing. You're intelligent. You have your own mind, and that appeals to every single one of us. We don't like, we don't like to see a sign uh, that's on the grass that says, don't step on the grass. There's something in us that just... And then we want to say, see, that didn't hurt anybody. That's how, we, that's how our flesh is. But I want to tell you, dear friend, the joy and gladness of life that God has for us is not found in doing what I want to do. You show me somebody that does what they want to do and they're either miserable or on, they're on misery lane and they're headed there. They're either in destruction or they're on their way to destruction. Oh, but you show me somebody that's yielded to the will of God no matter what the price is that they have to pay, no matter how many of the hours they have to work, when they're in the will of God, there's joy and there's gladness in their life because they're doing that which pleases the Father. It does matter what music we listen to if my life is to give glory to God. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, you say there's nothing wrong with this. Let's not ask that question. Let's say, does that bring glory to God? It does matter what college you go to. It does matter where you work. It does matter that you pray and say, I want to do God's will for my life. What we wear does matter. How we present ourselves in this world does matter. It does. When we understand what Satan is trying to do, we got this idea that Satan's out there like a video game just trying to get us and shoot us and kill us. He don't want to do that. He advertises like Budweiser does. Don't drink and drive. They want to say something friendly. You know what a real friend will tell you? A real friend won't tell you don't drink and drive. A real friend will tell you don't drink. Let Jesus be your friend. When the temptations of Satan come, and I'm not talking about the immorality and the manifestations of the flesh that we read about in Galatians 5 and Romans chapter 7. When the temptation, when the great tempter comes, he says, what do you think about it? How do you feel about it? You're hungry, aren't you? You're thirsty, aren't you? Well, God wouldn't be against a man getting something to eat. Even the Bible says... May God give us another generation that will say, what does God want me to do? That's what I want to do with my life. Let Jesus be your friend. Stand with me if you will. In our culture today, you can call for any religion you want in the name of, of diversity. And folks will cheer you on. 
You can say you're a LGBTQ or, or whatever, whatever they, whatever they say. You can say one of those things in the world. Well, yay! I'm glad he stands up for what he believes. Hey, here's what I believe. I believe God made male and female, but all of a sudden the cheers stop when I stand up for what I believe. The cheers stop when you stand up for what God says. All oh, its hunger tonight to please the Father, Heavenly Father. Your 